Traveling the hot, the cold. She needs a break, Abraham. Can't like him. I mean it, that would freak out. You don't want it. We call it difficult. Lots of bands are difficult, some impossible. They still get records made. Because they sell records. We really need a different drummer. There's no Beatles without Ringo. And there's no Selena without Susan. Uh, I don't know if that's where the betrayal happens or not. <laughs> Welcome to Cord Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, I'm Brian Brushwood, and more importantly, uh, I assume that that was a Selena biopic, uh, but most importantly, I know that those are the words you say right before you fire your drummer. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess, I, you know, when you said, when you said, you start by saying you're the backbone. There's no way that somebody there's goes, no corn killers without Brian. <laughs> that is uh, the trailer for Selena, the series. This is a retelling of the life of Selena, the smash Tejano singer. This is the first of two parts that Netflix will put out. This first part comes out December 4th, 2020 with nine episodes. That's on Netflix. And the last time we got a uh, a video telling of the Selena story, Jennifer Lopez was created. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> they 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 cloned her just for <laughs> she, <laughs> she didn't exist straight out of of, of the, the 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 celebrity <laughs> oven. Thank you for creating me. <laughs> yep. Uh, I I uh, want to welcome to the show uh, someone who was just with us. Uh, it seems like yesterday because time has no meaning. Uh, but it's actually been a while. Nicole Lee, welcome back. Happy to be back. Yeah, yeah. I was I was created uh, by <laughs> card killers as well. Uh, before this, I just I never I didn't exist. Before this, this, this is so. where we uh, we realize ah we lost our original Nicole. Somebody cooked up a new one. <laughs> there you go. A lot of people think Nicole got her start as a fly girl on In Living Color, there you but go. it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, not at all. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, it's great to have you back. Uh, good to be here and talk about all the cool stuff, TV, movies, and cutting the cords. Let's start with our primary target, which is a memorial. Quibi just launched apps for Apple TV, Android TV, and Fire TV, but Quibi also announced it will shut down on or about December 1st. I think this is the real reason Nicole joined us today. Jeffrey Katzenberg told Deadline Wednesday, quote, there was no question that keeping us going was not going to have a different outcome. It was just going to spend a whole lot more money without any value to show for it. Dude, they're the Andrew Yang of platforms. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, how are they the Andrew Yang of platforms? Because Andrew Yang was the one who said, like, I could keep running for president, but we all know I ain't going to make it. Let me save all y'all the money. (laughs) Like, yes. That's exactly what they're uh, doing. We, we don't know if Quibi will get a job as a CNN commentator. Uh, the information <laughs> sources say that NBC Universal and Facebook declined to buy Quibi's catalog of video. Uh, they couldn't find any other buyers, so hence their decision to just shut it down. But hey, it's still for sale. If you're looking for some content or technology assets, they're, they're still willing to deal. Now, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong on this, but what I remember most about Quibi that I thought was fairly progressive, maybe short-sighted in terms of a profit 
sheet was was the fact that they would allow creators to bring their intellectual properties, then they would continue to own them. Uh, yes. A- afterwards, so so what exactly would you be buying? Certainly I think you would be buying the remainder of their licenses, possibly, um, or any. There may be other deals. Deals are all structured differently. There may be some deals that allow you uh, to take stuff. But yeah, I think that's why they don't buy the content because there's an expiration date on how long your license is good for. Uh, Nicole, on a scale of one to Quibi, how sad are you to see them go? Is Quibi the 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 high mark or the low mark? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that is the question. Quibi is your time limit is to give Quibi... us an answer. By the way, you're done. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's over. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I've, I've read all the hot takes here. It was doomed from the start. Nobody wanted this. Nobody asked for this. I don't know if that's entirely true. Like. I'm sure some people liked it. I guess, like it, it won, it won an Emmy, didn't it? I think. Oh yeah, they had some, some decent Emmys. content. Yeah. Yeah, it has a decent content, and they have a huge start. I think their problem was that they went so hard, so fast. Like they went, they hired, they spent so much money. They hired all of these big movies, big TV celebrities, right from day one before day one even. And I think it was just maybe a little bit too hot too soon. And if they just maybe they spent on like one show just to like try it out or something, maybe it would have gone somewhere, but they just went hard fast. And and then COVID hit and then nobody was going anywhere. And then everyone wanted, wanted to stay home instead of watching, watching on their phones. And it was just a perfect storm of just things not working out. And uh, yeah, I think it was a, about to happen, about to happen in some ways. A lot of people you know? have been saying Quibi's going to die for a long time. And I've been one of the few yeah. people saying they're not dead yet. I also never thought they would succeed. If you go back <laughs> when the launch of Quibi, I was like, I don't think this is going to work, but who knows? Uh, but I was also like, don't, you know, don't call them dead until they're dead. Well, this is the day you get to call them dead because they're <laughs> They, Which, you know, December 1st. They're- by the way, of course, means today's the day where I want to do nothing but sing their praises. Let me tell you some of the smart things that Quibi did. First of all, they were creator focused. They, 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 as, as, while ultimately it was bad for the bottom line, like we just talked about, they gave extraordinary creative control to the source, but they did make the fundamental attribution error of believing that if they built it, they would come. Uh, they, they were very story and creator focused uh, and, and weirdly almost openly hostile to what these what the clientele would actually want i think it's insane that they never had a free option i think it's insane that they thought like you know what people want is more restrictions on how they watch things never what maybe your phone's too big seven and a half inches no sir this belongs in three and a half inches and only after eight o'clock because that's the scariest hour um they made a lot of really dumb mistakes but um, it was a noble experiment. I mean, this is this is one of those things where while while, you know, quote unquote, we called it from the beginning, um, I celebrate that anybody bothered to try it, It's the Edsel. It's the it's the the Tucker 47, 49. I forget when the Tucker came out. But basically, there are nuggets of good ideas that were tried unfortunately packaged up in something that was never going to sell because uh, because. People don't want paywalls from day one and and you can't get a passionate fan base when nobody knows what it is they're buying. When your whole ad campaign is to explain what a Quibi is, that's probably a hint that you're headed in the wrong direction. But having said that, I would love to sort of pick apart and digest what were the good ideas that were in there. 
Yeah, because because I feel like the 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 issue with Quibi was they looked at multiple projects before them from people like Yahoo, from people like Verizon. Uh, I think the most famous is Go90. Verizon's like, oh, we're gonna make content for the mobile generation, and they fixed all the wrong problems. The problem with all of those has been nobody asked for it. Nobody wanted it. And that's not to say that you can't create a service that nobody asked for and have it be successful. That's just really rare and really hard. And in my opinion, Quibi, Go90, and all of them before were trying to fix a problem that nobody had. Nobody said like, gosh, uh, I love this mobile video, but I wish it was uh, in a, a separate app from YouTube and only had uh, people who were paid to make it. Uh, and the problem with Verizon Go90 was, wasn't like they paid people to make it, but not famous enough people. Uh, let's pay higher quality people to pay it. It was that nobody wanted that. When people are watching video on the go, they either want familiar stuff like talk show clips or clips out of, uh, you know, out of the news or, or they want, you know, random funny stuff. That's what TikTok has shown. TikTok is the successful approach to this was just let a bunch of people make stuff and the good stuff will rise to the top. That's still the success in mobile video. So what I think is interesting with, with what you're saying, Brian, is Quibi came up with a lot of really interesting and really cool approaches to content that weren't solving a problem and were presented in a way that people are like, yeah, but I don't want that. Uh, so could you take what they did cool and apply it to other things that might benefit from them? You, you tickled an idea that I think there's something there. You mentioned that, um, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 I forgot exactly what you said, but it was something along the lines of um, uh, it's it's very rare to be somebody who knows what the customer wants better than the customer itself. Uh, but those that do really pull it off. And I think maybe one of the examples we're seeing about that is kind of Apple TV Plus. We'll talk a little bit about the Apple TV Plus com. Uh, content in a little bit, but Apple was well positioned to weather a very long storm until they found out what their breakout hit was that was going to draw people in. And it turns out that the first one, two, three at bats were not what they thought were going to be the the out of the fence slam dunks. Uh, those are, that's a sports metaphor. I don't yes, expect out of the fence slam dunks. We'll explain <laughs> it to people who don't know sports. <laughs> but later. Uh, yeah. but 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 they were wrong about all those things. But because they were weathering a long storm, <clears throat> they eventually found their hit, which we'll reveal later in the episode. It's called a radio tease, people. Uh, but but meanwhile, Quibi spent all it spent every dollar that they got from every investor. Gave it all to the content creators. They had no runway. They needed to be a success right out of the gate. And that was insane. And that was never going to happen. And it's tempting for us to, you know, they're certainly going to say, COVID, what are you going to do? But the truth is, Apple TV Plus is a success because of COVID. If I hadn't gotten COVID, I wouldn't have spent so much time watching television that I eventually got around to watching the entire Apple TV Plus back catalog. And that's because Apple TV Plus is focused on the fundamentals and they had the cash on hand to weather the storm and Quibi flat out didn't. That was a bad call on their part from the beginning. I think Nicole, to your point, they put too many restrictions on their own service to the point that it couldn't accidentally become successful. Like Quibi yeah. might have you know, found its way to doing something, but they didn't let it do that. And the interesting thing you mentioned that the, the things it did right. Um, I still remember one of the highlights of Quibi that some one of uh, my colleagues told me was the whole thing about you could watch it in vertical and you turn it horizontal. It, you could watch it both ways. It's like, oh, this is 
it's actually kind of neat. Like he said, sort of begrudgingly, this is, that is kind of a cool thing, but it's a, that's only interesting for so long. You know, that's, that's only, it's only an interesting gimmick for, I guess for 15 minutes or however long Quibi is. Yeah. And then uh, then you're just back to watching it the normal, whatever way you want to watch it. Well, it Whether reminds or not me, it's a TikTok vertical it, it, it video. Rem- way or not. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit about the gimmick of 3D in the early days where it's like at first uh, 3D was amazing because somebody could reach out towards the, the into the audience and you were like, ah, it's like it's right there. And then all of a sudden you realized every 3D mov- movie was artificially writing scenes where characters needed to reach out <laughs> towards the camera. And then and, and I, that's where what seems to be with the, the landscape versus portrait, where it's like because you had to shoot so wide that people could watch it one way or the other. It's like all of these shots were artificially they were artificially action in the middle with extra g- garbage on the sides or extra garbage on the top and bottom. I, th- I think you're I, right. I, 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 I think Turnstile, again, is an example of something that could have been really cool. The idea that you wouldn't forget whether you were holding your phone wrong because it would always be right, no matter how you looked at it. If if they had got more experience in runway and lasted two or three years, we might have found out like what the huge advantage of that was as people used it and experimented with it. Um, but we never got there. So now it's a technology that I think somebody should buy and, and keep playing around with, but it wasn't the killer feature. It was, it was a thing that you wouldn't notice if it worked right, because you wouldn't have to change the position of your phone. You'd always pick it up. Right. Yeah. It was, they, they fixed the problem with Verizon go 90, which was that you had to go 90. <laughs> with, but again, with, oh, that's right. Nobody wanted yeah, to right. like, go 90 is a perfect <laughs> service. Only fuddy duddies want to tell me what way to hold my phone. <laughs> you go 90 old man. Uh, yeah. So anyway, rest in peace, Quibi. Uh, you, you all can feel the schadenfreude of having been right that it, it was not going to succeed. Uh, but I, I'm curious, I'm curious if little pieces of Quibi, uh, either content that gets made into regular shows or movies or, or the turnstile technology or some other technology they have shows up and other stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if that artist focused mentality turns up showing up like three or four years from now, somebody has a similar ethos and they do become successful and everybody acts like they invented the idea of, of yeah, right. Like somebody who works at Quibi right now, who's getting laid off, uh, goes off and starts their own thing with what they learned from there. That could be interesting. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you are the one that determines whether Brian and I get laid off or not. Yeah, man. You want to know the difference between us and Queeby? <laughs> not only did we start eight years before they show, were even announced, uh, we're still here. And it's thanks to our... God, this is awful. Uh, thank you to all of our... Big time in Quibi. Wow. Thank you to our 1,000 plus bosses who keep us loud, live, and independent for over a decade now. Head on over to patreon.com slash cordkillers. Just a buck an episode. If you enjoy the insights that we bring to you guys 50 bucks a year 25 bucks a piece and uh and and uh, out of that we'll even manage to keep uh, food on bryce's table head on over <laughs> to patreon.com slash cord killers guys yeah don't let bryce starve patreon.com so <laughs> you get ramen and you'll like it <laughs> bryce if you have the energy let's start how to watch i think i can do that spoiler alert he likes ramen <laughs> ramen's delicious uh at launch, Sony's PS5 is going to have a whole media center uh, inside of it. It will include Netflix, Disney+, Apple TV, Twitch, 
and YouTube uh, with apps for Hulu, Peacock, and Amazon Prime Video on the way shortly after launch. Apps will live in a dedicated media tab, so you will no longer have them in the same interface as your video games. And Sony said you'll no longer need to download the apps through the PS Store. An Apple TV app is also coming to the PlayStation 4. Uh, this is kind of astonishing to me, just in terms of how much the landscape has changed. Um, uh, forgive me, what, uh, what was the most recent Xbox, Bryce? Uh, Xbox One? The Xbox One is the last one. The new one is the Xbox Series. Yeah, so the Xbox One, um, this would have been, I believe, 2015-ish uh, at E3. They pushed really hard on the DVR capabilities. They talked about the Xbox being the entertainment hub for all types of entertainment, not only video games, but also, um, uh, uh, you know, video content. And I remember that we generally lauded that at the time, but it was rounding, uh, resoundingly uh, uh, rejected by gamer community. They loved the fact that the the PlayStation new offering, you got to rent and or you got to keep your games, you got to sell them afterwards. Everything was games focused. And now, um, to me, this is not necessarily a, a, a testament to either Sony getting anything right or wrong so much as the culture changing, where now everything about this sounds obvious and right, uh, and yet would have been exactly the antithesis of what was uh, applauded for the, the PlayStation 4. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was the antithesis. PlayStation Four had all of the had all the streaming apps that were available at the time. They they had several of, including Netflix. It's just that they didn't focus on it, whereas the Xbox, in its launch, focused on it, and it got a lot of backlash because of that. Cor cor correct, but but certainly we were seeing a pivot. We're seeing more interest than than PlayStation showed right. last now they, generation. Instead of hiding like, hey, we also have some media apps. They're like, hey, we got this cool media exactly. tab. Exactly. And, this. and to, me, to me, that's a, that's a testament to the fact that we're all getting cozy with the idea that that apparently it was too far ahead of its time uh, to cer certainly to put in E3, the Electronic uh, Entertainment Expo at the time. Nicole, what do you think about this? I think uh, it. I think it really cements the role that um, game consoles have always been sort of multimedia consoles in a way. You know, they've. I think for a while now, you know, you've I've used Xbox to watch DVDs and and movies and stuff like that. So this, the fact that they're bundling it all in, all in one shot, like that, just it really does show that you you don't you don't need necessarily a Roku or a whatever a Fire TV stick or something. You could just get this. And you could have your games and your thing all in one thing, and I, it, it totally makes sense. I, it, I, I would be surprised if, if Xbox doesn't do the same as well. You know. Yeah, I mean, you you have to spend a few hundred dollars for the PS5, so it's not like it's a replacement for a Roku. But if you're buying no, it anyway no. for the games, yeah, then yeah, it should be the thing that's already hooked up to your TV. You shouldn't have to buy something separate. Uh, and I think Sony's smart to to make sure that that's going to happen. The thing that struck me about this was. Apple TV, uh, Peacock, like we are now getting a mm. stable of six or eight channels that have to be on here. Uh, there's lots of other channels mm. out there. There's Tubi and Fubo and, you know, Sling TV and all that stuff. And I remember Sling TV was on Sony and it, I don't see it listed here. That doesn't mean it's not coming. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But uh, mm. the the ones they're highlighting in the stories about this are, are I think, also the big ones, right? They're Netflix, Disney Plus, Apple TV, Hulu, Peacock, and Prime Video. Yeah, um, man, is there is there anything that 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 is an obvious misstep in here? I'm not saying. I mean, I'm not. Saying I mean, anything. maybe uh, is, not making you HBO download Max? them. 
Uh, no, I did not see HBO Max uh, listed here. Oh, yeah, that's I also good. don't that's see a, that's CBS uh, or whatever. Sorry, what are they changing mm. their Paramount name Plus. to? Yeah, CBS right. All Access. They oh, haven't changed uh, it yet okay. to Paramount Plus. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much of a, of a deal it is to have them pre-installed versus downloaded. I, I, I don't really remember any of these being the type of app that, that I'm like, seven whole minutes. I think you'll still download these. These are just not in the PlayStation Store. They're, the download is on a separate page, I believe. Yeah, yeah. They, you, you probably go in and say, it's like like a TV interface where you're like, oh, there's 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 all the things. I imagine there'll be more than just these uh, eventually, but but it's yeah. interesting to see what's on the launch here. And that Apple TV is coming to the PS4 as well. I mean, a Apple TV continues to show up everywhere, but Android. Very curious why oh, yes. they're not showing up. On I got another question for you. Very annoying. And this is, this is a, a little segment I like to call Teenager Watch, which, by the way, mm. sounds creepier than I think I did in this. Like, yeah, you have to keep in mind that, that Brian is a father of three children when he says that. Uh, yeah. one, one of the things that my 16-year-old daughter does is she's always on her iPad, and she specifically loves the fact that she's able to do all of her interaction, even video game playing, with the picture-in-picture -picture Netflix or whatever doing. Um, have we seen mm. on a game console? a picture-in-picture picture, play a video game while you're also watching a TV thing? I believe yes, so. Yes, the, yeah. the Xbox One okay. as well as the oh, new right. consoles yeah, that, that, will have the snapping was, stuff. Yeah, was that was that DVR only or was that... Uh, no, I think you could do live TV. They have apps, so you could do apps on the side. Okay. So you okay. could have Microsoft Word while you're playing... Yeah, yeah. You could also do it in Windows 3.1. Well, okay, yes. <laughs> you understand what but I'm it saying. There's a difference between what I you do. can do and what what people are are, what yeah, are they, allowing. They showed off that the PlayStation 5 has some snapping capabilities, like the Xbox, as well as the picture-in-picture. -picture. So they showed off you watching someone else play a game while you're playing a game. It would be crazy to me if that didn't extend to media. But yeah, who knows? yeah. I agree. All right, let's move on to what to watch in under surveillance. Research from the analysts at Real Good indicates Ted Lasso is the most popular show on Apple TV+, Plus, taking up 20% of the clicks between July and September. Now, it got to number one in the period of July through September, despite not releasing until August 14th. So it missed out on a month and a half of the period and still ended up number one. Uh, the Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon was second in the period at 15%, followed by Defending Jacob, a show that starred Chris Evans. Well deserved. Ted Lasso alone merits a full year's subscription to Apple TV Plus, in my opinion. I 100% agree. Nicole, uh, do you wish to stay on the show? Uh, do you like Ted Lasso? <laughs> or do you or have not? anything bad to say to wow. Ted Lasso? <laughs> I've only launched Apple TV once in the past 12 months, so I can't say. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's a great show. Uh, I haven't watched. Well, it. Listen, a friend Nicole, of mine would say that's some stinking thing. I don't have to get Ted Lasso in your life immediately. <laughs> Nicole, Nicole, if you launch Apple TV Plus for only one show, launch it for Ted Lasso. Okay. <laughs> do you okay. did you have the service? Like, did you get it free with a device or something? I don't like. The, yeah, like I, I think I. The only reason why I launched, I got it because I got, an, I bought an iPad. Like I think, yeah. three months ago. And that was the only reason why I was okay. I'll try. It. I would even. I would <laughs> even argue. I, it's, I launched it. I would even argue it's worth paying to get Ted Lasso. But okay. if you've got it for free, right. absolutely 
you know, yeah, watch yeah. two episodes and then if you don't like it, that's fine. You can let us down easily. But I agree with Brian. I think it's <laughs> no, one of the best things well, I'm not on TV tell you, but I don't like it. <laughs> I yep. like how our story about Ted Lasso being successful for Apple TV and being its final hit show has turned into us trying to convince Nicole to watch it. it turns out the real story is our lasso fragility. <laughs> yeah. We're not willing to listen wow. to anybody who doesn't love Ted Lasso. Uh, yeah, I, I actually know a few people who don't love it uh, as much as we do, but it, it doesn't surprise me that it's number one because I've, it, I've heard great it's so things. widely like, Not, not yeah. just you guys, but just in just in general, I've heard great things, yeah. And it does seem to be the thing that's uh, really pushing up against the wall of people going like, yeah, but I'd have to watch watch it on Apple TV plus. Right. Like, do I want to get that? Yeah. Do I want to figure out how that works? Like, uh, and that's what you want to hit show is to, is to kind of move more people over that barrier. Cause once you're used to a, a new service, oh, it's not a big deal. Anymore. My God, Tom, do you realize who we've become? We've become those mid '90s annoying people who won't shut up about how much better the Mac is during versus the PC. We're now Apple fanboys who won't shut up about how much better Listen, it is man, on the other side. I know that everybody gets Windows and everything. <laughs> I know that I know that everybody watches Netflix, but uh, Netflix doesn't have Ted Lasso. So. All right, uh, Disney Plus has ordered a series adaptation of the movie Willow. John M. Cho, uh, the director of Crazy Rich Asians, will direct the pilot of Willow, set to go into production next year. Jonathan Kasdan, who worked on Solo, and Wendy Marickle, who worked on Arrow, will be showrunners alongside Chu. Uh, so Chu will be also uh, the showrunner as well as directing the first episode. Ron Howard and Bob Dolman, who created the original uh, Willow, uh, Ron Howard was the director and Dolman was the writer, will be executive producers as well. I assume in sort of a consultative role for them. Uh, for, forgive me if, if this is insensitive to, I, I don't know what the right way to ask this, but I know that when it came to Game of Thrones, uh, the whole series kind of hinged on, I believe the apocryphal story is that George R. R. Martin said, the only way this becomes a TV show is if you're able to get, um, uh, what's his name to play the M? Uh, uh, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, Peter Dinklage uh, to, to, to play this particular role uh, because they're, you know, it's a, he's a little person who exactly it has the chops and the talent and the personality and everything's exactly right. Um, uh, uh, given that the main character of Willow is also a little person, uh, uh, do, uh, do you think there's any kind of similar discussions when it comes to the casting side of things? You mean for Peter Dinklage oh, oh, or Warwick he, Davis? Uh, well, no, no, no. Is it going to be definitely Warwick, Warwick Davis? You probably... I, I think... I, I don't know. I, they haven't mentioned anything about that. Those are what, all good what, questions. That, that, There's that, nothing, that, right, nothing this is, solid this about that. This is what that. I'm asking is, 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 is what you suppose... Uh, I hadn't even thought about it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, that's... What I, I just assumed, like, okay, I want this to be a good story, right? I hadn't even got to mm -hmm. the casting yet. Uh, because there's so many questions, right? I mean, if I mean, this Nicole, has just did, been ordered. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicole, did you watch yeah. Willow? I yes, I, I remember. I remember watching it, but don't ask me about any details. If I may, Nicole, it's been a long time. It sounds like your experience is mine, which is like I'm pretty sure I saw it in five minute chunks, none of them in the same order, all on HBO <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty all sure there. I watched it. I just don't remember a lot of it yep uh, i'll i'll watch it again probably before this comes out so because there's also val kilmer's character which is who is em emblematic yeah uh I, I i feel like hollywood there's no shortage of of, of square-jawed you know conventional hero types <laughs> 
That's a good Kevin question. Kevin Pollack was in it? Wow. <laughs> wow. Man. Wow. Yeah. There right. you go. Uh, well, there you go. Anyway, I, I, but you threw me off, Brian, because I hadn't even thought about sorry, casting. S- sorry, sorry. I was I, still I, I wondering. I was still on the original question that everyone has in these situations, which is, uh, is this a good idea? Do we want, do we need Willow to be adapted into a series? And if so, should it continue on the story like 20 years later? Should it be a reboot? I mean, you know, I mean, all, we, we live in a world things. where I thought uh, Battlestar Galactica was cheaply made, cheesy sci-fi schlock, and it turned out to be the best uh, scathing indictment of post-9-11 politics in all of science fiction history. We live in a world where the Lego movie was one of the best movies of the entire year. So it's like, I've, I've, I've long thrown up my hands and been all like, anything could be great. <laughs> like, all right, I then. I will say that every... Like, every fan of Willow that I've talked to has been really, really excited about this TV series. Like, they've been just just hungry for it, I guess, for so long. And so okay, I think, all I think right. I think there's a market for it. I don't know. Yeah. Like, all, all every, so just like to say, I, I believe. I've been hungry for it. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah good. Uh, then let's push your belief, Uh-oh. since you mentioned Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> oh, a little no. farther. Uh, <laughs> Simon Kinberg of three X-Men movies... And Dylan Clark, who helped reboot Planet of the Apes, are teaming up on a Battlestar Galactica movie for Universal. It will reportedly be a full reboot of the story, which is odd because, as we've reported on Gordon Killers before, (laughs) Sam Esmail and Michael Leslie are working on a Battlestar Galactica series for Peacock, which is reportedly going to be a reboot as well. Your Honor, I would like to withdraw my objection. (laughs) (laughs) I... I, I, uh... I, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be, uh, I mean, look, I didn't think we needed a new Batman reimagining so soon after Batman and Robin was a colossal disaster. I was wrong. It ushered in the greatest era of Batman stories ever and Christopher Nolan's dominance in that, in that uh, arena. But we also saw too many Spider-Man movies come out because Sony didn't want to run out its five-year and nine-month lease and had to release something, so they kept rebooting everything over and over and over again. Um, I, 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 I will, as always, hope that it is good, question mark. So once a reboot of a movie, once a reboot of a the series... Am I reading this right? Well, one one is a movie rebooting the series. One the is other a, is a series so, rebooting I'm so the series. Confused. It gets very okay. confusing. The original Battlestar Galactica <laughs> was conceived as a TV series, but the pilot episode was also released as a movie in some markets. And so oh, then they did a TV series on sci-fi with a total reboot. Now they're going to reboot right. it again, both as a series <laughs> and as a movie that appeared to be unrelated oh. to each other. Um, That's okay. <laughs> Tom, you tend to be one of the most optimistic people I know. Will you please give me your authentic assessment of how optimistic you are about these two reboots of a reboot? Listen, uh, I like uh, you know I like your chances when you have more attempts. That's true. That's true. Right? Yeah. And That's and good. That's and, true. The other thing to keep in mind is the Battlestar Galactica movie has been in development for a long time with other names attached. This doesn't mean it's coming out. This means they've now handed it to Simon Kinberg and Dylan Clark to try their hand. This also means that maybe that Sam Esmail, Michael Leslie thing 
isn't necessarily going to pan out either. And they want to hedge their bets with a possible movie development uh, because Esmail has sort of reportedly been pushed away from the development and it's mostly Leslie. Esmail wanted to do a, a cross section with the sci-fi version from Ronald D. Moore. And now that Leslie is more in the forefront, apparently that it's back to being a reboot. So maybe they're worried that that's just not going to work out and they want to have a few more attempts. Uh, you've made me realize that if both of these come to fruition, that means at least one thing we can report on for sure is one of them will be better than the other. However much you like or dislike the one, there'll be another one. If they one both that, happen, but, yeah, yeah, right. It would be rare for them to be tied. <laughs> that would be a rare thing indeed. <laughs> so just a little uh, bit better, just a little bit. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we put out a, or uh, we didn't put it out. <laughs> I was about to take credit for something. We showed a clip of Animaniacs uh, that was released. Uh, now there's a full trailer out for Animaniacs with more of the same irreverent humor that was displayed in that original clip. Uh, Animaniacs, of course, returning to Hulu November 20th. I would like to point out that the first literal line in this trailer is that there's nothing worse, more shameless, more of a cash grab than a reboot. And then they're handed a giant check and then they sing the praises of Hulu. I love it. It's great. It And what we said about the clip is true. This trailer, uh, it feels like the original vibe, but without feeling dated. Like it's captured the spirit of the original Animaniacs, uh, but but totally with modern references, et cetera. It is, it is wild how the modern references really pop. Like they casually work into a song uh, without mansplaining or something like that, uh, where it's like, like all of a sudden it's, it's like you, you lose yourself in the Animaniacs-ness of it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's right. This wasn't always here. This is a new thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This totally reminds me of Looney Tunes on HBO Max in the sense of like how Looney Tunes, the, the new Looney Tunes on HBO Max, like has that same feel of the original, the same sort of like weird, wacky, oh, Bugs, the same old Bugs Bunny and the same, the same kind of like, kind of safe for kids, but almost not safe for kids. You know, that's, that's mm -hmm. sort of like weird borderline like humor. And it's, it's that's giving the same kind of feel. And I think, I think, I mean, I, I personally would love watching it. You know, I don't know about um, kids of younger age, but yeah, um, I, I, I oh, you're, love you're talking it. about my segment, Teenager Watch. Gotta come on. My daughter is going to watch it. Brian is a father of three children. Gotta get a new name. Uh, finally, Fast and Furious announced that Justin Lin will direct the 10th and 11th films in the series. We're still waiting on the 9th to be released. Of course, it's in the can. Uh, but Justin Lin's going to take us all the way to the end, apparently, because the 11th Fast and Furious will be the last one. And just like Han is dead, spinoffs like Hobbs and Shaw may continue. So it probably won't really be dead just like Han. Man, I say keep going forever. I want to see them having a drag race down the nursing home with their motorized wheelchairs. Keep on, keep oh, on yeah. going. No, this, this, I fully expect like Fast and Furious 11, quarter mile at a time. It's all about family for one last time. Come and join us for Fast and Furious 11. Three years later, Fast and Furious 12. You thought it would never happen, but guess what? Like, I mean, they're going to ride the spinoff thing, right? They'll, they'll be like, oh, there's no more Fast and Furious movies, but we've got this special like Hobbs and Shaw, and we've got Hobbs and Shaw 2. They'll ride that for a little bit. Then they'll come back with 12. Yep. No doubt. No doubt in my mind. All right. 
Let's uh, wrap up a few other things. Archer is still a thing. We're still we're still doing Archer. Uh, renewed for a season 12 at FXX. Amazon has ordered sci-fi drama Light Years from Legendary Television about a couple who discover a chamber buried in their backyard, which leads to a strange deserted planet. M. Night Shyamalan's Servant uh, has released a teaser for its second season on Apple TV+. Adam Sandler is going to star in a movie adaptation of the book The Spaceman of Bohemia for Netflix. Uh, the book tells the story of an astronaut who talks to a creature from the beginning of time as he travels to the edge of the galaxy to collect mysterious ancient dusk. Uh, that will be a Netflix space movie that will happen. A Netflix space series that won't happen is Away uh, that has been not approved for a season two by Netflix. And a new trailer for The Mandalorian came out. Uh, season two uh, showing most of the people you're familiar with with season one showing up in season two. Oh, my gosh. Quick reminder. Uh, how close are we to season two dropping? Friday. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Friday. Okay, good. Friday. Yeah. Uh, Friday as we record this uh, yesterday if you're listening to this on Saturday uh, last week right. if you're that far behind right and if you're listening to this in January 2021 like the whole season's out you might as well go watch oh my god right, let's tell talk me about what the future what... is tell me <laughs> what happens what happens to maybe Yoda is it are we still here okay uh, let's talk about what you've been watching uh, starting with you Nicole what's something that's been on your screen uh, so this actually was on my screen very many, many months ago, but um, the things I've been watching recently are not that great, so I didn't want to recommend them. So the one thing that I did remember from watching a few months ago was uh, this reality series called Legendary. It's only on HBO Max, nowhere else, and it's about ballroom culture. It's, uh, it's, it's, hmm. it's a reality game show about ballroom culture. Like ballroom and dancing, I love right? It. Yeah. No. Ball, it's about uh, underground ballroom culture. It's like the it's like like it's about LGBT culture, uh, ballroom culture. It's kind of like uh, how I would say it's like, like again, it's underground LGBT mm -hmm. culture in okay. like um, from the seventies, but uh, and it was kind of done to celebrate trans culture, that kind of thing. But definitely watch it because it has Jamila Jamila Jamil, it's Megan Thee Stallion um and a bunch of other stars as the judges and um i think it's really interesting like, if you're into rupaul's drag show you will 100 percent be into legendary it's that kind of bombastic costumes crazy dances crazy like stunts and performances if you're into that you 100 percent be into this so it's a reality show then <laughs> it's, it's a reality it's, it's, it's a reality show yeah. sounds like yeah, yeah, surreality right. show <laughs> Got it. So it's called Legendary yeah, yeah. on HBO Max. Uh, Brian, what about you? Max, yeah. Uh, I introduced my kids to, uh, uh, I've got this nasty habit of t telling my kids to come in the room and I make them watch the first five minutes and they're allowed to leave as soon as they want to leave. But but then they always sit watching the whole movie. So we watched uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And it's interesting for as much as I tend to think of Coen Brothers productions as as fairly edgy and, and, and um uh, brittle might be a word. Uh, uh, this 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 is a much wackier comedy than I remembered it as. Uh, I, I hadn't seen it since I watched it in the movie theater, but uh, it it's it's pretty silly. It's a sillier movie than I remember. If you want to, I love this it. movie. Yeah, this is one of the uh, one of the movies that I've always tried to have in my collection, whether it's DVDs, Blu-rays, uh, streaming, etc. Uh, well, you did your job as the Potterfamilias. Well <laughs> I got that joke. Uh, cause you just watched our brother. Were out there. I wouldn't hey, have gotten uh, it beforehand. 
I, I watched uh, On the Rocks, uh, the new Lost in Translation for the Generation Z. Uh, this is Bill Murray and uh, Rashida Jones in the Scarlett Johansson Ooh. role. Uh, and it's not taking place in Japan. It's taking place in New York. And it's about her relationship falling apart. So that's the same. Uh, Bill Murray plays Rashida Jones' father. And she suspects her husband of cheating, but he's a really good guy. And then uh, her, but her father's kind of a swinger, a uh, player, a character. And so he's like, I don't know. I think you better investigate. And uh, hilarity ensues. It's definitely got a, a tone like Lost in Translation, but it's a little less of the surrealness because you're not, you're not trying to emulate uh, uh, jet lag, <laughs> I guess. Uh, it's it's got a little more reality to it. Uh, but one thing my my wife told me when we were watching this, I didn't realize is Rashida Jones originally had been considered for the role that Scarlett Johansson got for Lost in Translation. So this is Sofia Coppola oh, wow. just kind of going and saying, "All right, let let's make a movie with you and Bill Murray after all." So uh, how how close in tone? Like you you were talking as though it might as well be a, a reboot of of it. Was it just it's. Yeah, a lot of the humor and pacing is the same, but it doesn't have that weird like like oh my gosh, I'm kind of in a dream that you had in Lost in Translation. Uh, it's a little more grounded in that respect, but you know the 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 the, the fun the funny parts are are very familiar, and the and the color tone of it feels very similar to me. Hmm. I liked it. Uh, I thought it was delightful. Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, uh, over the weekend, I had a chance to watch uh, the newly released uh, Borat subsequent movie film as a follow-up to the hit 2006 prank mockumentary. Uh, in this follow-up, Borat and his daughter Tuta uh, come to America to give her away to Vice President Mike Pence uh, while she struggles with coming of age, having grown up in a very repressive culture. Uh, it's goofy. It's got the same kind of bombast of the original film, you know, showing... Uh, some of the nastier sides of Americans, especially when there's cameras and there's a, an immigrant in front of you who kind of is saying stuff and starting, you know, sparking uh, uh, maybe nasty, uh, I don't know, nasty thoughts that you you wouldn't say uh, if, you, if you weren't in front of a camera. Uh, this is also been in the news. Uh, you might have heard because one of the final scenes of the film uh, features Rudy Giuliani holding an interview with Tujar uh, in a hotel room, and he gets uh, kind of handsy with her. Uh, it's... Uh, it's ooh, it's uh, ooh, it's a scene. Uh, also, very timely. This was filmed as the world started to respond to COVID nineteen, which uh, makes its you know presence known in this film. Uh, not to mention, it's being released now after the president tested positive for the coronavirus just weeks ago. So, uh, that's a uh, Borat too. This is uh, Amazon Studios joint. So, uh, if you have Amazon Prime Video, you can uh, stream it now. Uh, on Amazon Prime for free. It's uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it's it's wacky. It's got a lot of the kind of squeamish, awkward moments. Um, there's a, a good bit here that they kind of show in the trailer a bit where uh, she eats a little decorative baby on a cupcake, and then they go to uh, what looks like an abortion center, uh, and and he says, "Well, I put baby inside of her. I need you to get her out." Uh, uh, and 
it's uh, in a in a state where they don't let you do that. So uh, that's a uh, Borat, uh, subsequent movie film, which is the short version of that title. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime Video. If you, got, um, you guys, I, is anybody I, here going to watch this? I, I already watched no. it. Uh, I watched it instead of the uh, the debates, and I, I think I came out the winner. Um, uh, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, man, the 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 actor who plays Borat's daughter was a standout mm-hmm. hit. I mean, she was really fantastic. Um, uh, it's weird at times. It's like they're not even pretending that these are real people. Like, I mean, it, it, it's uh, the first movie kept up the conceit that all of the, you know, quote unquote, real people scenes were with real people. But this one, it's like they stretch credulity so far that it's like, just go with it. There are a lot of scenes where I would love to know how they shot it i know i've already seen a story that uh one of the scenes that they do with the the two old ladies uh, the two old ladies in the temple mm-hmm. uh they had apparently sasha baron cohen had to break character to tell her that no this is an anti-holocaust an, an anti-holocaust denial bit so please just play along and i feel like there's probably more of that in this film than i, the, I got the impression the whole movie is that way but uh, but there's a, but didn't enjoy it any less for that yeah um actually i saw it I had seen just the ending of it with friends first before I watched the rest of the movie. Uh, and that's where all the Rudy Giuliani stuff is. And once you've seen all that, it kind of uh, loosens up the rest of the film. So you're like, I'm not waiting for that. I know what that looks like. Um, so maybe a pro tip for that. Uh, Tom, Tom or Nicole, anybody, ex- uh, you guys going to see this? Maybe? Nah. No. All right. Uh, so if you've got something we should be able to look out for, please email us, cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. <laughs> hey, folks, uh, we got uh, all kinds of stuff going on besides cord killers. If, if you want to uh, join in on it, uh, you can find out all the things I'm up to at freetomnewsletter.com. Uh, you can both free me from worrying that people are finding out about my content or also just get a free newsletter. It means both freetomnewsletter.com. Uh, go subscribe. I'll tell you about any uh, stories or novels I've got coming out, any new podcast episodes, all that updated every week. Uh, just an email from me to you. Go check it out. Are you a uh, uh, friend to friend? Are you going to do another NaNoWriMo since we got... Uh, I am, yeah. Okay. Do, do you keep people apprised of that as it happens or is that sort of like that's a private thing and then... You oh, no, get- no, no. I, I, I'm happy to talk about it. Uh, in fact, if you sign up for my writer Patreon, I'll be I'll be talking about it quite a bit there as I go through it. I may may even be brave enough uh, to put a link to my Google Doc up so you can see it uh, in action and see all my typos uh, as I go Whoa. along. Uh, but yeah, I'm that really takes, excited about it. That takes guts. Yeah. Uh, hey, and yeah. of course, a quick reminder that uh, all of the shows that we do here are powered by our friends over at Doghouse Systems. You need a new computer. You know it. It's finally time. Head on over to doghousesystems.com uh, slash rogue. Use promo code rogue at checkout. You'll get an SSD drive or SSD free. Uh, but most importantly, man, you want somebody who's going to take care of you and they will absolutely take care of you. Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. As Netflix predicted, its subscriber growth slowed last quarter, Q3, to a rise of 2.2 million subscribers. Uh, missed its own forecast, though, of 2.5 million, so it slowed a little less than they, or a little more than they thought. Netflix expects 6 million new subscribers in Q4, uh, so they think by the end of the year they'll still have 34 million new subscribers, so that would be a record. Uh, Netflix also announced it will test a 48 hour free streaming event called StreamFest 
in India, December 4th. Remember, they don't do free trials anymore, but they may be doing more promotions like this. Netflix announced deals with three anime studios in Japan and one in Korea to make new content for them. And Netflix says its movie The Old Guard was its biggest hit this summer reaching 78 million households, followed by Enola Holmes with 76 million, Cobra Kai, which they licensed from YouTube, uh, reaching 50 million. And they also said Kissing Booth 2 and Project Power were hits. Um, man, Netflix continuing to, to invent new ways to win. <laughs> like, like they're all like, well, we already won that way. Uh, meanwhile, the Justice League Snyder Cut is fast becoming a new production all on its own. Much of the original cast, including Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, I never know where the emphasis is, and Ray Fisher have been brought back for supplementary reshoots. Jared Leto, who played Joker in Suicide Squad, is being added with newly shot footage, as is Joe Mangiello's Deathstroke. Nailed it. Um, uh, we talked about the possibility wishing that, that we could experience talking about this from two different perspectives, but I think we, we settled Tom on both of us are going to watch this when it comes out. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm still thinking about it. Don't, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I'm so curious about this because I don't know about Unicole. This, this now looks like it's just a reboot. It's a new mini series and he's taking, he's taking pieces of the original movie and then just creating a mini series. Cause it's going to come out in four parts. It's a mini series. It's not going to be a oh movie. Like it, it feels like a whole new creation that's kind of a remix of the original movie maybe it's gonna be better i think that's the intention <laughs> well and, and, and also that uh we we wanted to have the experience of one of us watching the movie the other watching the the, the miniseries <laughs> and talk about it as though we saw the same thing just yeah to see it's gonna be harder like. and harder to do that now <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, amazing at&t said hbo max added 8.6 million customers in q3 double the 4. million added last quarter. HBO Max now has 38 million subscribers ahead of its target for Q3 of 36 million. So they're doing well with HBO Max. Uh, they still have room to grow right within their own subscribers. About half of HBO customers have not activated their HBO Max subscriptions. That's about 12.7 million people that they could still get to add to their subscriber numbers for HBO Max. AT&T also said AT&T TV now lost 37,000 customers, uh, slowing its losses, leaving it at 683,000. Uh, remember, though, two years ago, it was 1.86 million, so they've fallen quite a bit. AT&T also launched Warner Media Ride, a service that streams free content from Cartoon Network, CNN, TBS, and more to cars that subscribe to the AT&T Unlimited Connected Car data plan. And Wall Street analyst Craig Moffat estimates pay TV subscriptions have dropped 22.8% from its peak back in 2014. And by the end of 2024, analysts expect that fewer than half of U.S. homes will subscribe to a traditional pay TV service. Um, I still can't figure out whether or not I feel like that's too late or too early. I, 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 I don't know what we're supposed to expect. It's, uh, it, but it, it's, it's like a wizard. Yes, it exactly always arrives it exactly to. on schedule. <laughs> uh, Sinclair, the company that bought the 22 regional Fox Sports outlets, well, 21 Fox Sports outlet and Yes Network, uh, will no longer offer its channels on Hulu Live, both sides blaming each other. So if you're keeping track, YouTube TV just dropped the Sinclair channels last month. 
Dish, Sling, and FUBU all have cut them earlier, and that pretty much leaves AT&T TV Now as the only major streaming provider who carries the Fox Sports regional channels online. I always feel like I have to make it clear. We're not talking about FS1 and FS2. Those are owned by Dis- or by the Fox Corporation. We're talking about Fox Sports Ohio, Fox Sports California, Fox Sports uh, New York, et cetera. Uh, those are the regional networks. And those are the ones owned by Sinclair. I'm not sure what Sinclair is up to unless they're going to create their own streaming service to carry these for some reason. I, yeah, and I don't know enough about the entanglements on the local level. I know that Sinclair is a juggernaut of, of having all of those local affiliates and they you know, made uh, political news for their must-read segments on, on the news. Um, uh, but, but the fewer people carrying their stuff, uh, it seems like the less power they're wielding. But then again, sports is one of those things where you kind of have a lock on, you know, if you're the only one carrying the, the home team's show, then, well... I mean, if, if there's something in these agreements that stops them from carrying it on their own service, they want to launch their own service, and they're just trying to run out the clock and get all of these agreements uh, to not uh, not be enforced anymore so they can launch, like, you want Fox Sports? Get it from the source, Sinclair. Uh, and then they just sell it in all the markets and rake in all the money themselves. That's the only way this makes sense to me. Yeah, uh, uh, man, too far in the weeds for for my skills. Uh, uh, variety of sources say Apple, Netflix, and a few other streaming services explored the possibility of acquiring the James Bond film No Time to Die. MGM reportedly wanted a deal worth $600 million. This sounds insane to me until I think about it and then it doesn't sound insane at all. And then I flip back to it thinking this is insane. Nicole, is it insane? Yeah, that is, that's insane. I think. Well, but, but also is like $600 million. Well, uh, well, take a look at uh, Disney plus uh, soul, not having a theatrical release, not being even released in yeah. any kind of premium video on demand, whatever, just straight to the back catalog. Congrats. If you have Disney plus, you now have, you know, what, what should gross domestically only $200 million plus uh, as, as Pixar movies usually do internationally, even more than that, all of a sudden $600 million doesn't sound like a crazy number. I I think what MGM might have done here was say, look, uh, we don't want to have to delay this thing. It's costing us money to, to delay. Uh, the amount that we need to make off this is $600 million. You want it? <laughs> and, and and Netflix and and uh, Apple, you know, did some back of the envelope calculations and decided, nah, too rich for our blood. Like, I think it was probably pretty straightforward. Although there are also... Uh, sponsorship deals that could have complicated this like Range Rover and Mm. such where there's merchandising deals that go along with when the movie comes out they're going to do all these campaigns to support each other Uh, so that may have made it too complicated to have a deal too Uh, but I really if the 600 million dollars makes me think MGM just said look if somebody will pay us 600 million dollars we don't care if it doesn't go with the theaters that makes us whole we're good yeah all right let's get to the dispatches from the front Oh, real quickly, before we do that, uh, Ken from Chicago pointed out that Spectre made $880 million worldwide. This would have just been domestic. The worldwide is distributed by Universal, not MGM. 
Uh, so that would have had to be a separate deal. So it would have been $600 million to cover the domestic. That's a good point. All right. Joe Howd, EDD, wrote in, hey, guys, remember when Lucas and Spielberg said we'd be paying $50 a head for movies? They were warning uh, that in the future, movie theaters would become a, a specialty experience and you'd have to pay $50 to go to the movies. Uh, Joe was reminded of it in our discussion of theater rentals, paying a hefty fee of a few hundred dollars to rent out a theater for yourself. Uh, I invite you to wildly speculate, writes Joe. What's the chance that the COVID crunch on theaters moves us towards this kind of market where you pay $50 a head for movies? I, I think we're already there. I think I, I think that they were right. They were ahead of their time. And all we've seen is, you know, just a time crunch uh, thanks to the, the, the restrictive nature of the COVID. Nicole, would you pay $50 to see a movie? No, but then... <laughs> That's me. Like I, I wonder like, if it's, it's is, is it per, is it per head? If is it yeah. is it has to be per head? Okay. Yeah. Per head then probably. That's what they not. were if it's saying. Like two people maybe. Ooh. Well, if it's two people, it's close to what you pay per... now. Yeah. True. In San yeah, Francisco and LA thing, anyway. Yeah, I know that's right. Per head is. I think per head is where it kind of stops me. I don't think mm -hmm. so. Uh, we also got a lot of great emails from folks who were telling us how much their cable and streaming costs are after our, our story about the average being what around 33 bucks. Uh, Brian, mm. you you cobbled all these together. What's the upshot? Yeah, we here? got sort of a, a representative sample here. Steve Lamb sends in. Uh, he says Netflix, Prime, Apple, uh, Lowcast for five dollars, which is an interesting one I didn't see coming. That of course is the nonprofit. Uh, uh, HBO Max for twelve, Hulu for twelve, PBS for five, which is another mm. one I might not have thought of. But he ends up uh, coming up with uh, seventy four ninety nine, still well below traditional cable. Uh, That's his internet cost. Uh, Oh, his internet cost is oh, that's right. You're right. I just added that. So I on top that of that, that, that's what twenty seven. Well, you don't know. You, everybody has internet. Everyone wants to count the internet in their streaming, but everybody who has cable TV also has internet. Sure. So internet isn't an additional cost. But weirdly, I think it's just shy of seventy four ninety nine. I think it's like just shy. It's of really, bucks his actual streaming cost is <laughs> yeah, close. Okay, that's good. funny. It just works uh, out. Sixty one. Okay. Sixty one dollars. Uh, right. uh, David wrote in. His grand total was sixty six dollars, and he had Netflix, Hulu, H. HBO Max, Funimation now, which is another specialty one that uh, I think is worthy of being remembered. Disney Plus, YouTube Premium, uh, which, I, which I think is a, a good investment. Uh, Amazon Prime and Curiosity Stream is also a boutique mm. one, only $1.67 a month if you pay annually at 20 bucks. And then finally, um, we got a couple of other emails. Let me see if I can get this one. There we go. Michael from Texas says that he pretty much does uh, YouTube Premium, uh, Disney Plus for $70, $70 a year, Apple TV Plus, and that's about it. So no Hulu, no Netflix, CBS All Access only when Discovery returns, which, of course, that's one thing that uh, we've speculated about, but don't know how many people practice the whole turning it on, mm. turning it off thing. Right. Yeah. So it looks like we got a couple who are below the average and a couple above the average, which would put us at the average. <laughs> science I, my math is a little fuzzy there i know but uh it is science exactly uh nicole lee so good to have you back thanks for being with us not a problem if folks want to follow what you do on the internet where should they go yeah so they can check me out at twitter.com slash nicole and i want to plug um a new thing i'm trying out i'm trying to do a newsletter uh nicole and I'm not, I'm still kind of feeling it out. I'm probably going to be doing a mixture of um, tech and maybe some food stuff because I'm interested in food and food history and culture. So um, 
check it out. <laughs> it's it's free for now. I might have a thing later, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Yeah. So Nicole Lee, all one word. Nicole Lee, one, one word, dot substack. Dot com. com. Excellent. Newsletters. They're cool. Everyone should do one. Our All website right. is cordkillers.com. <laughs> Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack. Also on diamondclub.tv. Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you then. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children no not my wife i know what you're saying i love our five dollar patrons these are the people that keep us loud live and independent thank you so much five dollar patrons you know what i love them more than not life itself because then i'd be dead and i couldn't appreciate them but really 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 close and i'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen thank you so much to all of our five dollar a month patrons you guys are wizards you're champions you're heroes Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>